For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Like, I'd say one of my love languages is physical touch. Like, I just love to hug people, let people know I'm there. That's not That's John Denny. But that scene where he has him on his lap and he's just kind of patting his head and kind Almost of... Almost like stroking. a baby. I yeah. literally was like, that is just so tender because yeah. that's so out of character. And I think, like, I teared up in that scene. Hello, Billy. Hello, Addison. I can physically, we can, t- oh, finger touch. Y'all, for those <laughs> who are watching on YouTube right now, this is a very, this is a very special day. Because we are doing this in person. A seminal moment for the podcast here where we're actually able to see each other in person to do this. And no like lag of Wi-Fi or anything. So a little explanation. We're in Nashville. This is where uh, our Taste of Country Nights radio station uh, broadcasts and records out of. And you happen to be in town this weekend, so you stuck around so we could do this podcast kind of face-to-face. Yeah. I live in Austin, was here for a wedding. My best friend got married, and so we thought, Aww. I know, so sentimental, right? <laughs> I'm in the fields today. <laughs> and so now we get to do it in person, which is literally, I feel like this is goals for me. I feel like a, obviously we're real podcasters, but yeah. we're doing it in studio. So with real microphones and real cameras. And I guess it won't, if you're just listening, it won't sound much different. True. Um, so this is more for people who have found us on YouTube. Yeah. And for those who are listening, just have listened to us on the podcast. We now have a video format, which has been super fun so far. We've done one. And always let us know. You can hit us up in the comments, staff at tasteofcountry.com if you want to email, if you're enjoying these video formats. It occurs to me that I have not sent you the Q&A for this week. So I'm going to send you that and we'll keep that at the end because we do take your questions and answers and read some of them at the end of each podcast episode. Um, I'm saving one of those, Addison, because it had directly to do with something that you brought up. But I've just sent you the others. Yeah, I, I know. I've been waiting for this one. I Am, am I going to have to like throw some fists today? I don't know. Maybe. We're uh, in person, so it's all it's all off the table now. Like, Addison, or it's all on the table now. Little did I know Addison actually cries during the podcast a lot more than I ever would have imagined. Staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address, but you can also just drop a comment in the YouTube video or... I guess that's the only ways, right? That's, that is that, Those way. are the methods. That's it. <laughs> well, I'm excited today because last episode or last podcast episode, we got to reintroduce trivia question. Mm. And so this week we actually get to talk about it. Yeah. An so answer. remind us. Okay, cool. So I loved the question last week and, and not to pat myself on the back, but I thought it was quite brilliant. Moment of silence, everyone. Moment yeah, of silence. We could just Billy? recognize the genius of the question. No. So the question was, James Jordan, who plays Agent Hendon on Yellowstone, he's one of four actors from a Taylor Sheridan drama to star in Lioness, which is the new CIA-type show, uh, Paramount+. Plus. Um, name two of the other three. And I'll list them, and then I'll give you the winner. Okay. Uh, there's Dave Annabelle, who plays Lee Dutton, 
on Yellowstone. Okay. We just saw him in episode one and certainly going to talk about him today. He also plays Neil on Linus, who is like the main character's husband. Okay. A very big role. Uh, LaMonica Garrett plays uh, Tucker on Linus, one of the agents. Oh, yeah. And he was Thomas on 1883. Um, this is my favorite one. Stephanie Neur played a prostitute in 1883. It was a very, very small role. But she is like one of the main characters in Linus, a, a woman named Leah, who's like the woman that the lioness kind of embeds herself with to um, take out the target. And she's supposed to get married. And it's a whole drama. Um, to look at her, she's absolutely stunning. She has like these piercing blue eyes that you'll never forget. I have a total crush on her. But she plays in both of those. Just a sidebar well. to I mean, the just a total... question. Okay. <laughs> she's, I mean, she, she's stunning. But you would recognize her too, I bet you, from 1883 too, because like she has got these eyes. You look at her and it's like, you know, she just sizzles right through you. <laughs> Do you want to marinate on that, Billy? Well, I'll pull up a picture okay. for you here so you, you know what I'm getting at. Uh-huh. Billy, I don't remember her. All right, well. <laughs> but she is she is stunning. Very she piercing is. blue eyes. Don't remember her. Congratulations to Annette on YouTube who knew that both Monica Garrett and Stephanie Neur, she actually knew the hard one, were in both of those shows. Annette. But I also got to give a prop out to John who points out there's a fifth person. An actor named Austin Haber, Haybert, Hebert. He was both part of Yellowstone and Lioness. I forget which role he had in Yellowstone, but in Lioness, he was one of the um, CIA agents. So, to both Annette and John, you have earned this day and you have earned this moment. You two are going to have the day of days. This day, whatever, look at your calendar and mark it down. This is the day to not only play the lotto, you march into that boss's office and you confidently explain to them why you deserve a raise and you are going to get that raise. Beyond that, the money you earn, you're going to use to create great things in your life. Your children are going to go to great colleges, all because of this trivia question. This is your day, Annette and John. I applaud you. Congratulations. Get out there. Make it happen. Your ideas are worth it. You mean something in this world. Oh, we got a whistle. Mm. <laughs> also, you got a direct camera look. This is like, wow. I felt that deep in my bones. This is so much different than a via video. Taking advantage of the technology. I can't. I also can't whistle like that. Yeah, I got to put like my whole hand in my mouth <laughs> to do it. I can't do like the New York City taxi cab way that looks really cool. I'm like, oh. <laughs> you still could do it, which is impressive. <laughs> Amazing. Wow. That's yep. quite the hype. A new trivia question for this week. Uh, Billy, I was going to tee you up. You're already so mm, eager. Yeah. I was getting there. What's the new trivia question? Well, staff at tasteofcountry.com is the email address. If you think you know the answer or if you just have any other questions or comments about the show, happy to respond to you. Uh, this week's trivia question. We're soon going to learn, if you're just beginning your Yellowstone journey with episode one, season one, this isn't a spoiler, but we're soon going to learn about Casey Dutton's military record. He's a former Navy SEAL. And this is actually the second time that actor Luke Grimes has played a Navy SEAL. What was the first time? I don't. It's a pretty easy one that people are going <laughs> to. Well, I mean, you're, you can just pretty much look at his filmography. Right, right, right. right. And you'll go right to the, to the movie or TV show. Okay. And go, oh, okay, yeah, that's it. And you're totally right. But So it's much, much easier than it week one. Like but it is interesting how he's played because he hasn't. Prior to the start of Yellowstone, he hadn't done a ton of things. Right. 
He was one of the main characters in the Fifty Shades um, trilogy. Did not know that. Yeah, I think he played the. Um, who was the main character? The guy. Chris, not Christian Grey. Isn't that the, that's the. Yeah, yeah, Grey. The, the um, actor. I mean, the character. He played the main character's brother in okay. those movies. Um, so he basically did that and a couple other small things. And then he was in this movie that I'm referring to, and then he kind of pivoted right to Yellowstone. So his filmography prior to 2018 isn't huge, so it shouldn't be too difficult to find. Luke Grimm's also played in a Netflix movie that I recently saw. A new kind one? Kind of like a rom-com-y. Hmm. Yeah, a new one. Uh, Christian Grey's actual name is Jamie Dorn- Dornan. Okay. D-O-R-N-A-N. Dornan. That's the actor? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, I think... Uh, Luke plays Elliot Gray, if I, my research um, is right. <laughs> yeah, you're right, Elliot Gray. There, there you go. <laughs> also, uh, want to pivot, or not pivot real quick, want to note, you had mentioned staffattasteofcountry.com. Obviously, people can mm-hmm. answer the trivia there. But I know some people answered via YouTube. Are we allowing that? Are we... Because that's where you grab some of the other ones. Yeah, totally. And that actually came from YouTube. Yeah. Her answer was from YouTube. She was the first one in today. Um, and actually, I got more correct answers on YouTube than I think I got from email, although John's came by email. You want to know why that probably is? They were probably looking at what everyone wrote, and then they like could compare notes kind of. Which I'm all here for, clearly. I mean, I would be doing that. Yeah, and also, you know, YouTube, you watch, and it's just, boom, right there. Versus having to pull so up a browser, true. get an email, just, you know, remember the address and all that. It's it's much more a, an immediate form of of interaction, I true. think. Yeah. Well, before we get into it, fun, first and foremost, thank you guys so much for listening. We truly love doing this. This is fun getting to be both here today. But you can subscribe, comment, or not comment, rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. You can rate us on Spotify and give us a little follow. Yep. Also, maybe share with a friend. It'd be fun. Really positive ratings and reviews yeah. on the podcast. I haven't shared them in a while, but we'll get to that where we share a few more. It's been pretty positive. I think we got like a four and a half rating, which I'd love to keep. Um, and more and more feedback. Um, we have people who have followed us since like the beginning of this. Yeah. This is now our like third season of the Dutton Rules podcast. We've really changed the show to kind of listen to feedback. Mm-hmm. From our audience, and we'll continue to do that. In fact, last week we asked people if they wanted us to cover Bass Reeves in any sort of way, and we got yeah. some definite responses to that that I'll share a little bit later. Yeah, so thanks, y'all. It's because mm-hmm. of you mm-hmm. that we get to chit-chat about this. For sure. Episode one. As someone who has never – it's interesting that I started at – as we said last episode, I started at season four of Yellowstone. Mm-hmm. And now I'm coming all the way back. I kind of like that. It wasn't intentional yeah. that I started at the very end of Yellowstone, but I kind of like it because now that I'm watching episode one, like a lot of pieces are coming together for me, but it, I also kind of already knew the backstory of things. So you know? what question? So I I have now watched episode one three or four times and, and I'm just now figuring things out. I'm kind of through your eyes, like what stood out to you as like you still have questions about it or something that informed later seasons? Or you just sort of really enjoyed? I don't think I realized that there's a really, and I literally wrote on my notes, I was like, such a tender scene where it's Tate, Casey, Jamie, and Lee all going on a little fishing trip. And I only know the Jamie that is not friends with any of the siblings. Obviously, Lee is not alive in season four. And so for me, I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know that there was a time that they 
could sit on a riverbank and shoot the breeze with each other. Like, I didn't know that that existed. So I think for me, that was interesting to see. Like, Jamie was did have a relationship to yeah. some degree with them. Didn't know that. We saw a little bit of that a little bit of that later on when like Casey and Jamie would have scenes and Casey would tell Jamie that he'll never refer to him anything but his brother. But you're right, the early Yellowstone Jamie is different from the character he becomes. And this stood out to me as well. Like he's very competent. Like he's yeah. very good at his job and he's defending the family and he has this level of confidence and as I sort of watched back like when he says in the very end of episode one that his dad has never looked at him the same way Hmm. as he looked at Lee. Like that line of dialogue almost felt forced on the character at that point. Hmm. Later on, it makes sense. But at that point, I see Jamie as being really good. He crushes that court case or whatever it was for the eminent domain. Um, In episode two, you'll see he really makes some moves that really uh, are are really effective. Yeah. He's good at his job. Like, I don't understand why there's the Jamie hate at this point. Well, and I think, too, that what was interesting is I didn't realize that Casey and John kind of didn't really have, like, a buddy-buddy. I feel like their relationship where I started was a lot more tender than I didn't realize. It was like, oh, like, he hadn't seen – John hadn't seen Tate in a hot minute, hadn't Mm -hmm. spent time with him. And that was more Casey's doing than Monica. I mean, Monica obviously seems like – it seemed like maybe it was a joint decision. She obviously doesn't feel great about Tate in episode one hanging out with John and all of that crew. But I didn't realize it was also Casey. I think that was it. Like, I didn't realize there's a little bit of tension there. Oh, a lot. I like had they're not no talking at all. Clue. Yeah. And later you're going to find out why that is. Okay. And it's for a very good reason that I won't spoil it. Um, but in this episode, we start to see the turning point through something that Casey does at the end. But let's kind of go through the episode a little bit okay. and focus on like, I don't know, some of the key scenes. Um, I mean, to me, the episode was about two things. It was about John Dutton's battle with Dan Jenkins, who's yes. trying to build the Paradise Valley, um, the houses, the yeah. neighborhood, and then John Dutton's battle with the reservation. His cattle wander around reservation land. The barbed wire was cut somehow, and he wants to get them back because now they're on reservation land. He has, like, no legal authority to do so, so he has to conjure some way to get them back illegally, and, and the drama ensues. Uh, there's some other scenes before that. Uh, what did you see early on awesome. that like, stood out to you? What stood out to me is I didn't realize that Thomas Rainwater, he wasn't there from the beginning. He was an outsider yeah. that was coming back into the picture, which I thought was interesting. Um, and that he's kind of not a not a Dan Jenkins necessarily, but how he's wanting to – he's coming in. He's wanting to run things the way that he wants to run them. I always was under the impression that – Thomas Rainwater was already mm. there mm-hmm. and more so of a, you know, I've lived here for so long and seen X, Y, Z change. And that's why I want it to go back to the way it was. I didn't realize that he was coming in. He's like very tough fresh. Yeah. early on in these, these first few episodes. Like he is a strong leader and he's ready to butt heads. Look, yeah. he's provoking. That yeah. Kind of thing. And we don't see that later on. No. Uh, he is a really interesting character in this first season. Oh, quick pause here for a <laughs> I'm so sorry. Siri wants to be part of our break. I don't even know how that turned on. Oh, no, Siri. No, thank you. Okay, we're back. <laughs> She's not a sponsor. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. 
At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. <laughs> Two introductions that I, I really lo- I liked that I thought were emblematic of who the characters are. Like the first time we meet Beth, she's in that board meeting, the Schwartz and Meyer boardroom yes. in Utah, and she is essentially. She's kind of like the hatchet man. Is that what you would kind of call her role? Or like the muscle man? She kind of comes in when like a deal can't go any further. And she just essentially is there to. She's the mover and shaker. Yeah. And her, and and, <laughs> and, and no, there's no sort of compromise yeah. with her, which is who Beth is. Yeah. Really, to this time. The other one is Rip. The first time we see Rip, he's walking up to Jimmy's trailer. And that's where Rip brands Jimmy, which mm-hmm. is a fantastic scene. We meet Jimmy in that way as well. But seeing that, too, you kind of start to appreciate a little bit more of the relationship that Rip and Jimmy form later on. And just real quick, I want to walk back of how Jimmy, because I didn't know this until this first episode, um, how Jimmy got involved with the ranch. So how this episode starts off is uh, Casey is trying to break a horse. Yep. John, that's where we see John come up, and they have that discussion of John saying, hey, you know, I would really love to – just even hang out with my grandson. And you see that conflict of the tension of Casey understanding that his dad wants to see his son, but also do I want my son to be around my dad? You see all that unfold. And then John was going to, was it a cattle auction? A livestock auction. A livestock auction. That's right, yeah. Yeah. And was he talking to Jimmy's dad? Uh, That's Jimmy's grandfather. That's who it was. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just seeing if the cameras were, were still operating. I assume they are. Uh, no, he was talking to Jimmy's grandfather. Okay. Yeah. And essentially was doing a favor for Jimmy's grandfather, right? Is that how this kind of... That's right. We're led to believe they go back a little ways. Jimmy's grandfather asks John to bring him on the ranch because he knows his grandfather, his grandson's a bit of a mess up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, he's a two-time felon, a druggie. Um, he needs John to straighten him out. So John says he'll do it, but he wants to do it his way. Which we learn in this episode a little bit, but then later on means like the old school. What he did would do with criminals is they would get him from the prison. His dad started this, mm-hmm. get him from the prison, and then put the brand on him. And then they were essentially once they were branded, they were tied to the ranch. The only way they were going to leave was either in a body bag or, um, well, I guess in theory, some of them a body bag. Yeah, I mean, there was, that was the only way. The one option, you know, <laughs> yeah, a body bag. You're yeah. in it for life now at this yeah. point. You'll have, but you have a home for life. Yeah, and then that's when we get to see Jimmy being quite literally Jimmy. Yeah, and you know they he's he's the um, he's the pledge of the bunkhouse. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I best describe it. Yeah, and it gets worse in episode two. Uh, there's a really good scene coming up. Um, but when we had Jefferson White on, he actually described how they shot that scene with the branding. Uh, I don't remember that. Can you? Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he said me. they um they put like a piece of leather around a, a, a hunk of wood. Uh huh. And sort of hid that right here. And then Rip came with that red hot poker and branded the leather. Oh. So that smoked and sizzled, but but Jimmy could still feel the heat through the leather, through the wood on his chest load. It didn't burn him, but he could feel it. So it was very much a real red hot brand that Jim that Rip had in his hand. And the actor Jefferson White could, could feel it. He said it was um it was something, but also interesting of because obviously that dynamic they're not showing on screen. It's to get the noise all the above. I'm assuming. Did they even have to do it on Jimmy? No. What do you mean? Meaning like the hole where he had like the leather and all that. 
you're not seeing that. Like, that's just, see what I'm oh, saying? Right. Of, like, hearing the noise and all of that, if that's what they're trying to pick up, actually, they didn't have to do that physically on Jimmy. They could have dubbed it in yeah. or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about that, I'm like, this <laughs> seems, seems like hazing. <laughs> there might have been a, uh, uh, <laughs> there might have been a safer way. Yeah, I, I like, guess. Hmm. <laughs> but yeah, so that was cool to figure out how he kind of essentially got initiated into the Yellowstone crew. The Rip Beth relationship in the beginning is not what it becomes. Like he is very much a he's oh. <laughs> timeout as one of our camera's batteries <laughs> just died. A so a little bit of a, a inside the uh, behind the scenes here. <laughs> we are operating without a cameraman. So a do, camera just do, shut do, off. Do, Addison, do, please do, uh, do. entertain the audience for a few minutes while I change the battery. Uh, we actually, can we talk about who we interviewed today? Can I? Sure, yeah. Um, Darius Rucker is a big Yellowstone fan. And what I love is that he really respects Taylor Sheridan to the point where he didn't say Taylor Sheridan. He called him Mr. Sheridan. Right. And that Taylor Sheridan, if you're listening, Darius will... He will pay for his own flight, he said. He'll pay for his own meals just to have. And this is Darius Rucker. Like, he could try, he could be a Kevin Costner. He's got the money, money, but also he could be a Kevin Costner of asking for, you know, yeah, I want to be in the show, but I I want to make XYZ. Oh, he's not, he will go for free essentially just to be on the show. So, Darius Rucker is a big fan. Man, there's a lot there's a lot of Yellowstone Carrie Underwood is a big fan, but it's fun. I don't know if you feel this way, Billy, but it's it's fun watching. I mean, we obviously are in the country music world, and so it's fun when an artist kind of geeks out about a, a TV show that so many other people also love, but it's also like a, you know, oh, country artists, they're just like us. Like I know that, but it's it's fun watching like a Darius genuinely geek out about it. So an interview we got coming up as well that's coming up. We haven't re- – I'm, I'm hesitant to tease it because it hasn't happened yet, and I don't want to let people down, but Luke Grimes is scheduled to talk to Taste of Country Nights. Now, the thing is he can only talk about his music. He has a right. music career. He, he's not allowed to talk about Yellowstone because of the writer's strike and all of that. So it, it, there very well may be a music-centric Luke Grimes interview coming to this podcast feed in the next couple of weeks, really, if, if it – it's supposed to happen tomorrow if it happens, which I feel it probably will. Hopefully. We'll bring that to you here as well. Should, yeah. be, should be fun. Are we, are we back from We're intermission? Back. Back are we back my... from my... Uh, yep. Thank you. Entertaining uh, the audience? That's where we put the advertising if we had a sponsor for the show. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I just get a BV and a white. That's right. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> what I... So I can't remember, and obviously I watched it, but now I'm like, how did... Beth, the scene where, you know, she's coming in kind of being the the closer like we were talking about. Right. Did that happen before or after she's at the bar with a guy that's hitting on her and she – Before. Oh, that's before. Okay. Yeah, because that was in Utah. She comes to Montana. Oh, that's right. Um, I guess just to come back home. I'm not 100% sure why she came to Montana – in the first place, but yeah, that was that was our introduction to Beth Dutton. You want to know what's funny is the first time that I saw her on screen, my initial thought was, "Huh, I don't think I've ever seen her without a scar on her face." Oh, right, because she doesn't <laughs> have. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, I did in season four, yeah. like the very beginning, but literally, I was like, "Oh, I don't think I've seen you without like a bruise or yeah, scar from the explosion of season four. We had a lot of questions about how CBS would handle Beth yeah. like because of this. And, and a couple of things occurred to me. Like there is a lot of violence and cursing on this show, but like every episode 
There's only a lot of it if you think of all the episodes kind of gathered. Each episode only has a few instances. Right. So it's fairly easy, as it turns out, to edit those out. And they did. I took a couple of notes about how they edited Beth lines. Well, and I want to pause real quick. So, Billy, how this kind of worked is I watched on Peacock. Mm -hmm. You also watched on Peacock. But then Billy went and watched also on CBS to kind of compare them of what was missing or what was different. Yeah. Yeah. So so I won't use the word she used. I'll just say F word. But the line she says to Ted, who you were just saying, uh-huh. Ted sitting on her, says, you look like a real soft F, Ted. All you city boys do. F being the F word. Well, for CBS, they changed that to flight. Billy, I, I don't know what that means. What? Like, it's one of those of like, you almost just need, you know, the bars and tone, the beep. At that point, it, it, it kind of... It doesn't hit the same way. No. You know what I mean? Like, even if we just, or even muted it. Like, I think that would probably hit differently than adding a random, like, Addison said, and then, like, completely unrelated word, and then the rest of my statement. I think they must have found the word flight from somewhere else in her dialogue. So it was her voice. It was her voice. Okay. It wasn't, like, my voice, and then sub Billy Duke said. No, 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 And then the rest, okay. (laughs) No, so they just kind of dubbed her in. Um, and then the other line is after her and Rip have the bedroom scene, she's, she insults his manhood. Um, and the actual line is – she just says she remembers him being bigger, but she – I forget the actual quote. But this – and the new version is just I remember you being bigger is kind of what she says. So it's not a, a direct reference, although if you're watching, you certainly figured out what she was referring to. Like a um... – Innuendo. It was more of an innuendo on CBS. And I think they probably shortened that scene as well, because I feel like in the Peacock version, the the lovemaking scene uh, was longer. Yeah. On CBS, it was pretty short. They kind of cut right to it for a couple of seconds. To let you know it happened. And then cut away. So they shortened that scene. The only other scene I I saw that they shortened, and this is the only one that I thought really affected the episode was on, on CBS, was the very beginning, like the opening sequence where John has right out of that accident, he has to put his horse down, then he stops and visits with the cattle and says yeah. the things that we do to keep you fed. Like that was a really kind of long poetic sequence on Peacock. On CBS, it was much more bam, 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 bam. Like it kind of took a little bit of the, the artistic heart out of that scene. But did it take the emotional heart out? A little. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought it did. Um, you know, that scene really kind of drew you into Jaw Dutton pretty quickly. And this, it was just kind of a series of events that happened. You weren't as emotionally connected. What I'm interested by what you shared was or was not missing is I'm surprised that they showed him shooting the horse. That means that Lee's death scene that they showed. I don't know how much like gore necessarily you can show on cable, yeah. but I guess enough that – so they left all of, all of that kind of stuff in? Yeah, they showed the dead trucker. Yeah, because um, I've even been nervous for our YouTube videos. I think we showed the dead trucker on Sunday's episode. I'm uh, maybe I didn't put that in, but my point being, I kind of get nervous of like, ooh, I, I don't know if that's going to, you know, be too much. So they also shared like when Lee gets killed, they yeah. sh- shared like blood gurgling up from his mouth. Yeah, they they shared all of that. Uh, we got actually a really good comment. I'm trying to find it here uh, about the horse scene. Who someone pointed out that. The way that horse was put down is not in line with how a veterinarian or someone who was really putting down a horse w- would do it. Um, oh. Did they explain how that would? Yeah, they, they referred to a certain spot that was in a different part of the horse's head. 
Uh, I'm struggling to find the comment right now, but it's apparently done a little bit differently. And the way that it's actually done is a little bit more humane versus um, the way that we saw it done wasn't quite the proper way. Yeah. Interesting. So that that was a nice comment on, on the YouTube as well. And now just as we're done talking about it, I'm going to find it. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it always happens. Uh, the upper part of the head and X mark area. Okay. Yeah, no, and he definitely went more, if I remember correctly, Lower. jaw, neck. Yeah. Yeah. Having seen a, literally a, a season one, two, three, four, you know, you've seen it all. Mm-hmm. What questions did you kind of have or thoughts after watching the episode. Well, I have one question I have not figured out yet. Okay. And then another one that I'm curious to know if you figured out. Okay. Um, the second one is, did you figure out what Casey was doing? At the very end of the episode, it's the sequence where the Yellowstone Ranch is trying to get their cattle back. The reservation is ready for them. It turns into a shootout. Mm-hmm. Did you figure out what Casey was doing that whole time? Like why he was out there and what he was actually attempting to do? Are you talking about when Lee was killed? Mm-hmm. He was out there, and he was out there with a purpose. Wait, no, but that's a good question because doesn't didn't Monica's dad say something? Yep. Of like why he was out there. Yep. Like or question why he was out there. Mm-hmm. And then John was like, "Which side are you going to be on?" It's super complicated. Didn't right. John also, I'm, like, I'm trying to remember this. Huh. He picks a side. I'm and assuming it's not clear. And I only got this this last time I watched it. Shoot. Because in the end, the Duttons get all their cattle back. And the reason they do is because Casey was out there, unbeknownst to the reservation and the tribe, he was rounding up all the cattle and pushing them back through the fence. Kind of like a, uh, oh my gosh, what do they call it? A double agent. A little bit, yeah. Because that's why no one on the reservation knew what Casey was up to. And that's why in future episodes, you'll see he continues to live on the reservation for a short bit later, short bit longer. Um, and how the, all the cattle got through that gap and ultimately Casey has to kill Robert and did you figure out who Robert was Monica's brother that's right yeah Monica's brother yeah well I remember that because there was a scene before earlier in the episode where it's Monica's brother Monica Tate Casey they're in Casey and Monica's home I don't know who that second man was who are you talking about the guy with the deep voice yeah but he has like He's more yeah. slender or like, I, have, I don't like the voice and the body didn't match this up. Is, I, I, oh my God. This drove <laughs> me nuts. Okay. You know what it's like? Have you ever watched like an old Kung Fu movie that was dubbed into American and they would have like the lips that totally oh. didn't match, but they would throw these voices in there. Yes. They were like, <laughs> you know, it didn't sound like foreign at all. It was just, it was like, just like American cowboy doing, yes. that's what he sounded like. He's, he, that's he's so like, funny. Except- well, you better go out to dinner. It's like that voice does not come out of that body. <laughs> Prove like, it. There is no, I am not buying that at all. It was a really <laughs> weird thing. So true. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Who, who is he? Uh, I don't know if that's another brother or just another friend of the family. Like there was a few okay. women. So maybe just someone else in the community that they were all kind of cooking dinner together, I think. Yeah, that's how, that's when I figured out what, what was Monica's brother's name? Robert, Robert. Robert Long. Robert Long. That's when I figured out who Robert was because he was also in. Yes. The military. Right. And him and Casey kind of have a little bit of like, I can rope faster than, you know what I mean? Like kind of like one up, yeah. one up in each other every time. I'm like, well, how many medals have you gotten and what are they for? And, you know, kind of, I think that scene, I think it was important because you could see the tension between them. And then I think when you go to the scene where Casey kills Robert. Yeah. 
you can totally tell. Like when I was watching that, I was like, number one, he just killed his Robert just killed Lee. So you're already passionate about like this dude just killed my brother. Right. But then you totally know because you saw that scene before where you're like, oh, there's double passion to this statement of like he already has tension with this dude that just there's a history. There's a history. Yep. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, but all that to be said, I don't know what side Casey. I'm assuming he picked the Dutton he's side. He picked the Dutton because side because he he ran the cattle through the fence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning about how he's slowly pivoting. It's a turning point of sorts. Mm. He was on the outs with the Duttons and his father, but at starting here, we start to see him come a little bit more into the family fold. So flash forward to season four or five, yeah. and so where you picked up, he is a very close to his father. But I think it yeah. kind of all starts there. I didn't pick up on what Casey was doing at all, though, in the first. Like, I couldn't figure it out. And finally, it occurred to me. The other thing that I still don't know the answer to is, what was the buffalo all about? Like, what was John and the Cowboys doing with those buffalo? Like, what was that supposed to represent or achieve? Are you talking about the scene? So maybe an answer to this is when Thomas ran water, John, they're and then whoever was with them were all on horseback, and they send someone. Who did they send out I th- there? I actually? think they sent Grandpa Felix out there. Was it was, him? I believe it was. And I remember Thomas Rainwater saying something of like, "Do you see what you've like reduced us to. reduced yeah. us to like having to just almost for sport go out and or not for sport go out and kill a buffalo, but like having to do it this way instead of in a more natural sense is kind of how I took that." Am I did I completely take that? No, I think you wrong? took it right. So my question is is like, did they do that as almost like a hey, here's how we're going to help y'all? I, that's the best answer I have. Okay. Is that was a, a peace offering. Yeah. Of sorts. He On provided those buffalo land. hoping to maybe get his cattle back in exchange. Yeah. That's that how was, I took that. But that wasn't. There are so many things with Yellowstone <laughs> that aren't crystal clear. Like even like what he did with Dan Jenkins in the river. Like, I don't know that it's super obvious the first time through that he blows that dynamite, reroutes the river so it doesn't go through Dan Jenkins' Paradise Valley. I didn't. I only knew that because of our YouTube video, right. which you had mentioned about the the river changing once they imploded it. Because you see at the end, the river's empty and he's standing there. That's how you're supposed to know. But that's not... I would not have known that. It's not super clear. No, no, no. I, I totally agree. And there's a, there's a lot of things like that through Yellowstone. And I, I think it's important maybe maybe where we can be helpful is to like what not to watch. Because there are certain plot lines mm-hmm. and threads that are just going to unravel and we'll never see again. Oh, that's kind of fun. Like we tell people don't worry about that yeah. thing because, yeah, don't lose sleep over it because we know that it's not going to be important. Yeah. Oh, I like that. We're going to see a lot of those in episode two. Okay. Um, I can think of two off the top of my head that we can get to talk about next week. Uh, I will say for this one, do watch Dan Jenkins yes. in that plot line. That's a really important thread. Um, the Beth and Rip relationship, of course, you need yeah. to pay close attention to. Let's see if I can find an example of one that maybe isn't all that important. Um, well, off the top of my head, I can't. But okay. there are probably were some in episode one that um, – you just don't have to worry about it. But in episode two, there's a, a number of them, I know for sure. I'm excited. Yeah. I do, before we keep going, I want to kind of pose the question for those who are listening and watching. What is something, if you were a longtime Yellowstone watcher 
and you watched this episode similar to Billy, what questions did you have or mm-hmm. like answers that or questions that you originally had that you then somehow got answers to when you rewatched it? Or if there's anyone like me who's watching it for the first time in general, what questions did kind of you had or epiphanies? Email us at stuffoftasteofcountry.com or comment on the YouTube video. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested. It's super. Yeah. It's like I said, getting to watch it backwards to now forwards or yeah. It's a different experience. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt about it. But yeah, now I also get, I didn't know who Dan Jenkins was. He was not prevalent in season four. Well, there's a reason for that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Don't spoil it, Billy. Come on. I going to say that. I think he does. He is in season two, I believe. Well, remember, I started season four. So that, I mean, anything before yeah, four, right. <laughs> that would make sense. Should we get into the fan question and answer? No. Well, all right. <laughs> I, I want to talk about one thing real all quick. Right, go ahead. Is, <laughs> is I watching Lee's, well, not oh, his death. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Just I skimmed like, over Lee's death. Like, I guess you're right. We should no, stop down like there. I would like to kind of <laughs> circle back before we get. I know you love fan Q and A, but not yet. Uh, where and actually, I'm surprised that you don't want to talk about this, Billy. I this do. Involves 1883, your favorite show on earth. Yeah. The scene where John is finding a place for Lee to be buried, which I'm, I'm going to let you talk about it because you, this is like I think really near and dear to your heart. But I, what I loved about that scene is. When, so John's leaning up against a tree. He has Lee on on his lap, and John Dutton is not a like like I'd say one of my love languages is physical touch. Like I just love to hug people, mm-hmm. let people know I'm there. Th- that's not that's John not Dutton. No, you know, not at all. But that scene where he has him on his lap and he's just kind of patting his head and kind Almost of like stroke, a baby. I yeah. literally I was like, that is just so tender because that's so out of character. And I think like I teared up in that scene and I knew that scene was coming because we've also covered it 5 million times with 1883 of, I just, I think that was well done. I'd love to ask Kevin because Kevin has kids. He has three kids, I think maybe four. Yeah. Um, At least four. Yes. Um, And so, you know, I'm curious and we've talked to Tim McGraw kind of about this of being a father and, you know, kind of playing a similar similar role in 1883. But for, for Kevin playing John Dunn in that moment, like I wonder if that was scripted or if that was kind of just like an impulse moment because he is a father. I would guess he brought a lot of his own experience to hmm. that moment. Because when we asked Tim McGraw a similar question about his experience, he yeah. said he did. Mm-hmm. And in 1883, Tim McGraw, it's almost the same scene. We lost another camera, Addison. <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk. You go check. Okay. <laughs> we have more batteries. In 1883, it's a similar scene. Tim McGraw, um, his daughter is laying dying in his arm. They're leaned up against a tree. They're picking a spot to bury her, and a little bird flies down. That's why it's such a, a parallel between the two, because John Dutton, a bird flies down. He decides that's where he's going to bury, bury Lee. A great parallel between 1883 with the both fathers, um, James and John, holding their son-daughter in their arms. They die, and a bird comes down and tells them exactly where they want to be buried. Mm-hmm. That was the point of that whole – and we didn't really notice that until 1883 came out, which was several years after this aired uh, in 2018 or whenever it was. Yeah, Which is amazing writing. And the fact that they – that Taylor remembered – I mean, of course he would remember. It's his – hello, it's his whole franchise. But to, like, be that – 
intricate of thinking, like you said, literally it was years down the road that 1883 would come along and to think, hey, we should have Tim or I'm not sure why am I forgetting James, uh, James. Yeah. <laughs> James and uh, Elsa have a similar intimate barrel. Well, moment. you think he thought he knew that at the time he was going to do that, or do you think he just when he was writing 1883 thought, ah, I got an idea. <laughs> I did this once, insert scene, change characters, do it again. Copy and paste. And then ends up being like this brilliant thing. I mean, that's probably more likely. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a nice solution, but. Well, was there anything else? Well, two other things I oh. want to get to. Oh, now um, you do you do have things outside of. Well, they're, they're quick. Uh, Bass Reeves. We got a yeah. lot of positive response about people interested in Bass Reeves. Okay. Starts November 3rd on Paramount+. Plus. Cool. We'll certainly watch that and insert that into an upcoming episode of podcast. I don't know that it'll dominate unless there's a hole in Yellowstone programming, in which case we can kind of go deep into Bass Reefs. Cool. Uh, and the second thing is a little bit of an update on the Kevin Costner drama. Ooh, I yeah. kind of, in a video, predicted that there was a path for Kevin Costner to return for Yellowstone beyond season five. That was last episode. Because he needs the money. That's what I was saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then that I did a massive theory. eye roll I because I was like, he doesn't want to Lo and behold, there's reports that Kevin is begging to come back to Yellowstone. Why would he do that? Because he needs the money? I think his, this divorce is expensive. Billy, he's a quadruple millionaire. That, that's he's not more the, than that. You make that sound big. $4 million. <laughs> like, you know, that's not that much money. <laughs> like, he's got hundreds... But we don't know what his accounts are. He could he could have all that money leveraged in Horizon. He's self funding that picture. Horizon's not able. He's not able to recoup that. He's got to maybe he's took out some loans. He has to pay. We don't know what his finances are. All right. Maybe cash poor needs the paycheck. There's a path, Addison. There's a path. Okay, so go a good and entertain this thought. So he's he's, he's coming begging, back because of money. He's begging to come back. Now it was a rumor. I don't know if it's totally true. But if he wants to be back, by all means, bring the man back and let's have some more seasons of Yellowstone. We don't need to stop this after in a hurried season five. Y'all, I'm currently, if you're not watching on YouTube, my hand is currently <laughs> on my hip as I sit on this stool of... <sighs> I will forgive. I will forgive if he comes back. I I mean, I've, I, I really don't have too much thought on it of I'm not that emotionally tied with John Dutton, but I think I, at this point... Like I said in the last episode, I think, you know, John, why would you, John, why, hello, Kevin, why would you leave the franchise? I took more of the emotional route of like, you've built this relationship yeah. with people. And now I think I like finally put that to bed of like, all right, he's done. You're treating him like then an ex-boyfriend. Like, Literally. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I just thought. I was like, right. he's like an ex that Business. circles back around of like, I hey, actually am really in love with you. I'm like, okay, uh-huh, are you? Uh-huh. you really in love with me or... <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Both points fair. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger. For the ones who get it done. Now I'm ready for q Now you're ready for q yeah. All right. So the first one I have for us today, Julia on YouTube says, I'm totally for Kevin. Taylor Sheridan has become one of the top producers with a new formula. 
get a superstar to propel your show and surround them with lesser-known actors. His shows have leads like Kevin Costner, Jeremy Renner, Sam Elliott, Sylvester Stallone, Nicole Kidman, Harrison Ford, Helen Merrim. Without those superstars, especially Costner, who is the first, he'd have nothing. Yellowstone would be no impact. It would be a no impact show like Suits. Graceland, Lefem Nikita. Nikita, going back a ways. Uh, he would treat them like gold. I think Taylor Sheridan. He should treat them like gold. He should treat them like I think Taylor Sheridan would agree with that. Like, But I don't know that the executives at Paramount are agreeing with that. I would agree with that. Um, at the very least, Taylor would, he, he's going to be a more actor friendly director. Like people love working with Taylor, mm-hmm. um, but he's just not getting the support from the network. That's kind of how I read it. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I do think he's given so many because he hangs it on the superstars yeah, or, or leads with that. I think it, it's given a lot of, I think it's the lesser known actors have had a quicker turnaround in Hollywood to become more well-known oh, sure. yeah. than I think that they would have. And if yeah. it was the same show without the heavy lead. Yeah, no doubt about it. Thank you. Thank Julie. you, Julia. 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 <laughs> Frank from YouTube says, what's the holdup with continuing 1923 starring Harrison Ford and Helen Merrim? Uh, same issue we have with Yellowstone season five, which is why they're airing it on CBS. This is just the writer's strike. The Screen Actors Guild strike, nobody can write episodes, nobody can produce or film episodes. So that's putting all that very back burner, TBD on both of those shows. Season two is coming, likely not until 2024, assuming they get the strike ripped up pretty quickly. Hope, where yeah. It's becoming a record length. Yeah. Mike via email says, Bass Reeves, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thumbs up to the. I have to remember sometimes when I do like because I'm a very as we I have too much room right now to roam my arms, but I'm a very expressive person. That sometimes as you've reminded me, you're like, "Hey, Addison, this is this is audio. No one no one can see what you're doing." <laughs> I'm like, "All right," as I inaudibly laugh. I'm like, "Okay, yeah." So, anyways, I thumbs up to everyone who's just listening to via podcast. Thank you, Mike. Yep. Okay, so we cover. We might need to marinate on Bass Reeves when he comes along or when the show comes along. Uh. Oh, I realize that his comment keeps going. Sorry. Yeah, he said more. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so sorry, Mike. I just left you at past reads. Thumbs up. All right, next. Uh, he also says, Yellowstone and Lioness comments. Yellowstone has some interesting threads, but nothing seems to ever get resolved. Both shows. I'm not a prude, but I, I am one who hates the relentless profanity in both shows. In my opinion, it is tiresome to listen to and is a poor way to write a script. I tend to agree with him. Coming from radio, I always appreciate a radio DJ who like has a really well timed damn or hell. Like these are words that generally you don't hear in family radio radio stations. Once in a while, though, if you you throw an ass in there, it really hits. But if you over ass, it's too much. Like you can't be damn hell ass every time you crack the microphone. And sometimes Yellowstone, more so than Linus, was too much ass. I too much. <laughs> so speak. Uh, no, I agree with that. And Mike, I'm very much so, I feel that way about profanity where sometimes it just feels like uh, we're just using it to use it. Like yeah. at some point, it's, you're losing kind of to what you just said. You're losing the like the punch behind it because right. it's, and also I feel like that. It's not that, surprising. Yeah. Of yeah. like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And it just doesn't hit as deeply. Deep cut. Fran know. Klepper from YouTube has Should a Should I comment. brace for impact? 
Addison. Yeah. Wait, who uh, is this? Wait, well, I want to know the Fran person's name. Fran Klepper. Fran Klepper. From YouTube. Now, last week, oh, yeah. I believe, and I'm paraphrasing, you said the show, The Summer I Turned Pretty, was better than Taylor Sheridan shows, 1883? Like, that was the best show you've ever seen? Was that? No, 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 no. <laughs> let, me, let, me just, let me just state stand my case. You definitely stand The Summer I Turned Pretty. I do stand The Summer I Turned Pretty. But my case was, we were talking about how you really like 1883. Yeah. And you like, uh, you didn't name, uh, you didn't name a other Yellowstone show. I can't remember what the other show you named. It was one of Taylor's. But you said you liked 1883 because it ties up loose ends. Like, yes. you weren't left with loose ends. Right. And so my two cents was, I like Yellowstone because it does leave you with loose ends, similar to the summer I turned pretty. And I enjoy shows like that that kind of leave you hanging, and it's okay if you don't know the answer to them. Well, Fran says, oh, no, Fran. Addison, yeah. you are pleasing to listen to, but girl, you. you are losing your credibility comparing <laughs> The Summer I Turned Pretty to any of the T. Sheridan shows, especially those discussed here. Take it back, please. Triple exclamation point. Oh, Fran, you use triple exclamation points. I hope I did not ruin your day or give you a minor... Heart attack or heart palpitation. I am so sorry. I, I will say, since that episode aired, mm-hmm. aka our podcast episode, I've had a few nights to marinate and, and sleep on that statement. Mm-hmm. I am sure I did Taylor Sheridan quite the disservice. Might have you know given him a heart attack that I compared a teen romance <laughs> <laughs> rom com <laughs> to the. Powerful and just like what the Yellowstone franchise is. I agree with you, Fran. They're not comparable. What I meant to explain is that I just enjoy, you know, I'm not even going to continue to dig my grave <laughs> over here. <laughs> I just, I like shows that don't tie up blue sins, but Fair I should, enough. you're right. No, they are not comparable. I do take it back. I didn't mean to actually compare the two shows. Sidebar. Oh, no. The name Fran Klepper. Doesn't that sound like a person you want to know and have in your life? Like a real no-nonsense, shoot-you-straight kind of gal. A Fran Kleppers of the world. They ain't going to pussyfoot around and kind of try to give you compliments where compliments. Yeah. They, they shoot you the straight, honest truth in a no-nonsense, triple exclamation point way as needed. You're right. And honestly, thank you, Fran. Mm-hmm. I'm a big person. I... In the wedding, I was I was just in why we are here doing this together. I literally said that in my speech. I'm like, my friend who got married, her name's Olivia. And she's one of those friends that will just shoot you straight. And I appreciate friendships like that. Like, if you're just going to tell me what I need to hear, I'm not going to get better as a person. So, Fran, A Fran thank Klepper you. type. Fran Klepper, you're you the reason why I'm going to be refined on this podcast. So include her as an archetype for a lot of characters <laughs> on the Yellowstone show. <laughs> Man, that was great. I'm glad you you held that one off and I didn't read it beforehand. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to get your true and honest reaction to that. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Well, stuff at tasteofcountry.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us once again. And we always appreciate your follow on Spotify and a rate always really helps. Episode two is coming up Sunday on CBS After Football. I believe it's just one episode. And this episode is going to recap, uh, wrap up a lot of the loose plot lines from episode one. So there's not going to be a lot of new things happening, but the way all those shootings went down left some pretty big problems Yeah, that episode two is going to solve Yeah, in some pretty brilliant, awesome ways. 
Yeah, I'm. It's also an episode that I just. It's a whole section that, like I said, starting in season four, mm-hmm. I had no clue existed. Yeah. No clue. Yeah, but. But important. Important. Yeah. Like was, it, it makes sense now. It's I'm almost like, better than episode one in some sort of ways because it's more tightly compact and things advance a yeah. little bit more. But I agree. Um, it's necessary. Well, thanks y'all for listening. And oh, I don't think I said follow us, subscribe on YouTube. Highly, yeah, highly encourage that just because you'll get notified. Or I guess you have to hit the notification button as well. But we now drop these on YouTube so you can just see our bright and shining faces. <laughs> And sadly, next week's episode, we'll we'll be back too. Yeah, we'll be back in our own home studios. It's a one week. Dang it! One day, Addison. One day. Fine. It's like Christmas to me today. It's been it's been been fun. It's the little things, Billy, that 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 make me smile. But truly, all thank you so much for you're the reason why we get to we get to do this. We get to talk about Yellowstone. So excited to see y'all again on the next episode. I'm leaning in for today's adjective. I know. I should have thought about it before. you well, have Billy, one job, Addison. I know, one I know, job. I know, I know, I know, I know. If should we? No, never mind. I was supposed to say if anyone has a great adjective to end these podcasts. Uh, you guys are listening to the Yellowstone, the Dutton Rules Yellowstone podcast. This has been another insightful, refining insightful. Town Square Media podcast. Refining. Wait. <laughs> Thanks. <y'all. laughs>